Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, guys, everybody. welcome to the show. Welcome to Paradox. Josh. He's this Josh. is Paradox. I'm Jimmy. <laughs> We've been working two years now to, to nail the opening. And we just got it. And I think we did it. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about... Yes. And when I think... I know, you, you probably shouldn't say... Listen, you can just... All you want. You know, when I think of intense profanity, I think of my daughter, Lindsay, when she was maybe three years old. We had just arrived in Colleen, Texas, as the minister of youth at First Baptist Church. Lindsay was home alone with Beth. I don't think we ever told him what we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about taming the tongue. Okay. Both us and our children having potty mouths. To include more than just profanity. Yeah, yeah, but we'll get there. Here, Beth and Lindsay were at home minding their own business, and up walks unannounced the two older ladies that ran the WMU down to the church. And for all of you non Baptists, the WMU is? The Women's Missionary Union. Mm. To say that their hair was blue, there were, there were, in fact, there were several different shades of blue going on in their hair. And that's actually rude for all of you gray hairs listening. So Beth was startled because she wasn't prepared for company. And so there were toys everywhere. So, oh, hello. Oh, my gosh. Well, so, ah, you want to come in? Well, good. Okay, please come in. Lindsay, Lindsay, pick up your toys. Let's put our toys away because we have guests. And so Lindsay apparently didn't want to put her toys away. And so... You know, your mother had to say, Lindsay, let's pick our toys up because our room's all messy. And of course, we don't normally keep a messy house. And so pick up your toys. She said that Lindsay kind of grabbed two dolls. At about what age? Two to three, three-ish, I guess. And she started dragging the dolls behind her, going to her room. And the whole, now, there's the word shoot. And then there is the word that is banned on most public airways. S-H-I-T. Yeah, that word. And Lindsay was dragging the dolls behind her, just going, shoot, 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 but not saying shoot, <laughs> in front of the WMU ladies. <laughs> so, you know, our kids, kids will say the darndest things. Lindsay hasn't cursed since then, by the way. She um, has a very pure mouth. Yes, she does. Kids will say the darndest things at the darndest moments. And now being grandparents... And I will not say which of my grandchildren have said some of the darndest things <laughs> at some of the darndest moments. But not Ruthie. Well, no. And not of really course, JJ. Or, well, Sam. <laughs> Sam will let him fly. <laughs> and as soon as he hits, what, eight months? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. He'll be even worse. Not only are we talking about parenting, but we're really just talking about the power of the tongue within the home. This is a problem in that our culture is is coarsening by the minute. Our culture, the media, 
our social environment, the social environment of your children is coarsening by the moment, and it's only going to get worse. And so I'm reminded when I think of, you know, how much our environment impacts. When I got to seminary, so I got a theology degree, undergrad, went to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth. And so what my, my job when I first got there, well, I did it for the three, three years that we were there. I was a gunfighter at Six Flags. As I would, when I, you know, I'm, you know, I was a Bible student and a seminary student and you know, worked in churches. So I didn't have, I just didn't use profanity a whole lot. It just didn't really come up. I could drop something on my foot and the F-bomb would not even occur to me because I was just never really around that kind of verbiage. Well, after being at Six Flags for a while, I was around that sort of verbiage. And so after a while, dropping something on my foot and profanity would come to mind. What? You've cursed? Well, no, I didn't. It just came to my mind. Okay, okay. <laughs> I never would say it because I live the good Christian life. You are the man of the cloth. Yes. What do you say? <laughs> yeah. Man of the cloth. The man of the cloth. I don't even know what that means. Our environment certainly does impact. What does that mean? Our verbiage. What? Man of the cloth. I think it had to do with like a clerical collar. Mm. So more like a priest kind of a thing, and then it just kind of, you know, you don't have to live in ignorance. You can Google it. Mm-hmm. One time, speaking of that, I was, I maybe shared this story before, but uh, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. I was traveling with my father and father-in-law to Dallas. We had a three-hour car ride, and we were talking about some song. No, who is the director of a movie? Who is the director of a movie? And they were talking it. It was, I think, maybe an older movie. I hadn't seen it, and they were battling, you know, bantering back and forth. And they're like, "Huh, don't know." And then they just paused and stopped talking. And I'm like, "Guys, <laughs> fellas, <laughs> we have three devices that are more powerful than the devices that got us to the moon in our pockets. In our pockets, <laughs> in this car, we don't have to." That's where that comes yeah, from. don't have to live in ignorance. Yeah. Anywho, they just don't think, they're simpletons. Mm-hmm. They just don't think like that. Obviously, cursing is an example of that, but it's so much more, to your oh, yeah. point. The tongue being a restless evil within Scripture is being just a downer, you know, and not being hopeful about your situation. Sarcasm. Sarcasm, not infusing your situations or words with encouragement. It's a lot broader than just cursing. Yes, it is. This is a problem because there is that slippery slope. We do have this coarsening of culture. And even though we have a very clear boundary in Scripture, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth, how powerful the tongue is. It's like a rudder that controls a whole ship. And so the problem is that if left to our own devices, we are going to we're going to slowly evolve to match our environment. And if we are holding to no profanity, if we're holding to not being pessimistic about the world and politics, and, and if we're not being sarcastic with the way we relate to other people, we are going to stand out. That is going to be an, ona- an oasis in a world of really negative verbiage. If we don't hold to that pretty strongly, We're going to just naturally conform to our environment. And so it's back to that, hey, are we going to be a thermostat or a thermometer? 
because, you know, a, a thermometer just reflects the temperature of the room. A thermostat sets the temperature of the room. Well, I like that. I thought of that. I want to be a thermostat. Amen. Amen. I thought that was, so anybody out there? I want to be a mother thermostat. I have, uh, that's intellectual property that belongs to me. So if you've ever heard that in a sermon over the last like 40 years, all that, it came from me. We've got to decide in our home how we're going to handle this. I had an English teacher in the eighth grade, Mrs. Hart. And one day in class, I said, um, oh my gosh. And she said, Jimmy, you use the Lord's name in vain. Public school? Oh, yeah. And I went, um, in the 20s? No. Hmm. We're the ones who made it great, Mighty Senior 78. So I said, no, ma'am, I'm sorry, you must have misunderstood because I said, gosh, I didn't say God. And she said, look it up. And she made me get the dictionary that gosh is a derivative of God. So I said, well, can I get a derivative of the three licks since I didn't actually, <laughs> if I could just get a derivative of those, that would be really cool. Here was a lady who had a line that was, was off the charts. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. We've got to decide in our home how are we going to handle the tongue? How are we going to handle what we say, how we say it? And again, not just profanity, but negativism, gossip, talking negatively about people. Because while profanity is part of it, it's not the actual main thing. We think it's the main thing. Like that woman that got onto you for gosh could easily go next door and gossip. And I would say she was more in the wrong than you were with gosh. Does that make sense? So like yes. we have elevated because it's profanity is this black and white thing. Like, we know when it happens and we know when it doesn't. And I think that we've elevated that to the tongue example when it's just a part of it, potentially a smaller part of it. However. Because even Paul used S-H-I-T when he talks about he wants to spit you out, God wants to spit you out of its mouth. That Greek word is S-H-I-T. Google it. He just... I don't believe you. All right, we'll Google it. And I want the whole audience to Google it. And email Jimbo. No, see, that's not correct. Because my Paul... <laughs> would you would use gosh? My Paul, who used the King James Version of the Bible, <laughs> would never say that. Anyway, we've elevated cursing when it's just a part and potentially a smaller part. 
Correct. However, when you, this whole thing of the, the, the culture coarsening, 10 years ago, I could not have said, man, Josh, your take on this subject sucks. I couldn't have said that, but I just said that. Because now that terminology is pretty much widely accepted. I mean, it's just kind of wide. I've used it from speaking in churches. Things do change over time, but I, I, I do get your point. The problem, you know, the big problem is, and when we talk about we need to hold a line and that parents need to set the example, because we cannot parent with do as I say, but not as I do. The worst thing possible, there was a kid that I had a few years ago that the dad was in the front seat and he was yelling at the mother and the, the, the dad called the mother the B word. The kid in the back seat kind of sprang to his mother's defense and he, the kid in the back seat said, you effing can't say that to my mother. And the dad turned around and grounded him for using bad language. We can't do that. The problem is if we just watch television, if we just listen to music, if we just hang around, just the, the, the children that our children are associating with at school. You wonder where they hear the language because, gosh, we never, I'm sorry, and I use that word again, we never speak like that at home. Well, what they're listening to on the playground, because that cannot be said in most other homes. What are you doing? I'm researching SHIT in the New Testament. Oh, my Philippians Lord. 3.8. This is, and again, there's my a lot Lord. of websites that speak to it, but this mm-hmm. is biola.edu. Mm-hmm. So it's the scripture that says, but indeed, I also regard everything to be loss or rubbish on account of the surpassing knowledge of Christ Jesus. I consider them rubbish so that I might gain Christ. It's that word there that they're talking about. It's skubala in the Greek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a Greek minor. I know that. This is really off the rails at this point, but it's commonly translated rubbish, refuse, garbage, or dung. Well, Dung is, is S-H-I-T. not the S word. It's you can't. It's not a one to one translation from Greek to English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He uses S H I T in the he's yeah. because the translation is the most strongest rubbish you can get, and the most strongest word that we have in our English language is S H I T. So Paul curses in Philippians. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna drop mm-hmm. whatever mic I'm holding. That cost us good money. Anyway, besides the point, it's not about cursing. Go ahead. So here's what we do. We need to set the example in our homes, and that is the use of profanity. Nothing. If we're going to, we we tell people all the time, as a parent, you set the emotional tone of the home. You also set the verbal tone of the home. I don't care what you have to say in your home as far as in your relationship, using profanity and negativism and sarcasm. It matters not what you try to teach your children if you're using those things. Therefore, we have to set the example. We have to hold a pretty darn strict boundary because otherwise it'll just, again, get coarsened over time. And then here's the thing. As our children get older, we need to be able to explain to them why words matter. Why does the Bible say the tongue is like the rudder on a great ship and controls the whole? Why is that? You know, we've heard that sticks and stones will break, but words will never hurt me. And though that's just, that's imbecilic. So to try to not just get on them for using certain words or get on them for gossiping or whatever, but to explain to them why these words are important, that it's just part of our obedience. And again, obedience is just a hundred times a day, us being able 
to say, we have opportunities to say thank you to Jesus for dying on the cross for us. And so choosing our words and being obedient to Christ is, is our way of just telling him thank you. Because again, he says, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. And one of the ways that we show love for him is we're going to actually going to watch what comes out of our mouths. Obviously, parenting your kid's tongue is a huge priority, and probably the best way to do that is to model it. And so my solution to this whole thing is less about parenting, and it's more about you just valuing the taming of your own tongue. And that's to friends, that's to coworkers, as well as to your children. And ultimately, we are to be to our immediate environment as Christ was to his. And if I, if I think back to the life of Christ, he did three main things. He encouraged those around him with his tongue. He instilled hope in the most dire of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And did Jesus curse? He was Because apparently everyone hope. in your Bible curses. So did Jesus curse, Josh? No, but my Paul did. I know probably the best believer of all time. Drop the S-bomb. Mm. 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 Wow. Okay. I know. Go ahead. Yeah, it comforts me in my tongue. Mm-hmm. So Christ sought to encourage... He sought to infuse hope, and he also in, he also brought truth in love. So it's not like he was this namby-pamby man that never actually brought truth to a situation. No, he was actually very harsh with some, but it was truth in the most loving way possible. And so ultimately, with your whether it is cursing, whether it is being negative Nancy or Ned, whether it is being hopeless, whether it is gossiping or not being an encouragement, you have to be mindful of your tongue, and you have to be mindful that you're being encouraging to those around you, bringing hope to a situation, and bring truth in love. Are you you can't drop the mic again. Those it's are already on the great floor. application. Yes, they are. Modeling it, as well as then teaching your children to be able to tame their tongue. And just understanding it matters. Because sometimes our culture is so coarse today, we've just like, just dismissed it. Just like it's a free-for-all. And Your tongue's and very important. It's extremely important. If you want more information about this show, this episode, or the show in general, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on all the socials at our website as well. Feel free to like, share, review, what other things you do. We appreciate you listening. See ya, Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I am Josh, and I'm excited to have Brian (laughs) Dembowski. Let's start over. Uh, Dembowski, right? Dembowski. Don't even, don't look at it, though. If you look at it, it messes you up. (laughs) Dembowski. All right. Well, let's go again. Three, two. And if you butcher, just keep rolling.